Chaz Holder with Holder Wealth Management with me today, investment advisors here in Champaign. Chaz, good morning to you. Good morning, Jim. Thanks for having me on today. Haven't seen you a while. Uh, been having the summer, everything going on, but uh, you know that doesn't stop things in the world of investing. That's exactly right. And uh, I'd say probably the biggest piece of news is Federal Reserve uh, lowering its target interest rate by a quarter of a percent. Um, although investors really anticipated this, so it was already factored into stock prices some time ago. U.S. equities continued to hold strong, even in the face of uncertain economic news. The China-U.S. trade talks seem to be doing their usual stagnation, and economic growth outlooks in Europe aren't actually that rosy. Um, but consumer confidence in the U.S. remains pretty high, and U.S. corporate earnings continue to be resilient. Uh, the U.S. labor market is about as healthy as it's ever been, with historically low unemployment and wage growth uh, continuing to increase. So we do have some mixed signals out there. So what does the Fed look at, you know, when they decide to adjust its target interest rate? You know, what 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 are they looking at? That's a good question. The Fed the Fed will look at any number of metrics when making an interest rate decision. We have to remember that one of the Fed's primary goals is to achieve full employment. Another is to have stable prices, and the Fed is also concerned with monitoring the availability of credit markets and market liquidity. So the primary concern with this particular interest rate move is inflation that remains actually kind of low. Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of sticking there. So the Fed tries to keep inflation around 2 to 2.5%, and this allows prices and wages to steadily increase, um, also keeping the real cost of debt um, lower over time. And it's, it's generally regarded as healthy for an economy to have this moderate amount of inflation. When inflation rises too quickly, it can lead to unemployment, increased prices, reduced consumption of goods, so not a good thing. Mm -hmm. And of course, if inflation is too low, this can really be a sign of economic weakness, lack of confidence, consumer confidence, um, reduced business spending, um, and then ultimately will lead to unemployment. So uh, there is certainly uh, an inflation target at play with this, uh, with this interest rate move. Now, when the Fed reduces the interest rate, what exactly does that mean? So whenever the Fed seeks to adjust the target interest rate, it usually adjusts for this using basic supply and demand concepts, um, buying and selling U.S. debt securities. And so when it buys these risk-free investments or it sells them, the Fed influences the price of these risk-free investments, and thus it influences the risk-free interest rate. Mm -hmm. um, the influence this has on stocks, however, is a little bit more complicated. So usually the immediate stock market reaction to a Fed interest rate decrease is that stocks will increase. Um, and this is the normal thinking that um, as interest rates fall, stocks become more attractive investments relative to fixed income or bond investments. And this is the usual initial reaction we see. Earlier in July, when it became apparent that the Fed would decrease its target rate, stocks saw a nice little bump. Long term, however, if we look through that Fed decision at the underlying reasons as to why they're lowering the rates, these underlying reasons could really have a more meaningful and long-term effect on stock markets. So for example, the Fed lowers rates because of low inflation and stocks jump. But if the Fed decision was because of negative economic growth forecasts, stocks could actually have a tough road ahead of them in the long term. A lot of gray area in there, uh, not exactly <laughs> black and white uh, with the Fed. So, uh, so what have stocks been doing? Well, exactly. Not exactly black and white, mm -hmm. uh, but stocks recently have been doing well. For the first half of the year, U.S. and global markets, they've rebounded nicely from a really difficult fourth quarter in 18. Annualized, here are some numbers. 
Um, the S&P 500 was up 18.5%. The Russell 3000 was up 18.7%. Uh, the FTS. Uh, the FTSE All World X US Index was up 13.5%, and emerging markets were up um, just under 12%. This for the first half of 2019. So since the end of the second quarter, US markets um, they've actually reached all-time highs, um, and there are still concerns um, long-term uh, with the economic outlook. But right now, equity markets seem to be pretty res- resilient, and um, and they're really quiet too. So volatility. Um, the volatility index is at a relative low, so things are pretty nice right now. Talking with Chaz Holder with Holder Wealth Management. So with stocks being high, do you ever think of you know selling, getting out of the market? So that's a question we often get, mm-hmm. and it comes down to when do we sell? And that is a question that really has an impossible answer with any amount of certainty. Um, it, it requires knowing the future mm-hmm. and of timing the market effectively. Something that just about all investors cannot do. That's market timing, mm-hmm. as we maintain. Um, and it has a very low probability of success. Uh, the few managers that, that do seem to be successful at it are probably just lucky rather than skillful. At least that's what statistics tell us. Um, so the answer I give my clients is today's all-time high will at some point in the future be surpassed. It won't be the all-time high forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we don't know when the market swings are going to occur, then the only chance of us actually benefiting from this this next all-time high is to have our money invested all the time. Now, for most people, this does not mean having 100% of your money in stocks all the time. That would be too risky. Instead, a long-term plan requires some amount of safety net with the rest invested in stocks. And if we can maintain this allocation, then the risk of stocks becomes manageable and the investor can stay invested without having to worry too much about stock market declines and recent all-time highs. Would there ever be a time to sell with this type of strategy? Usually there is, and it's done through periodic rebalancing. That is when the stock and bond allocation of an investor's portfolio becomes a little unbalanced or maybe too heavy in stocks because they've done really well. Then some stocks are sold and that money is put back into safer investments. Um, This has a few positive benefits. One is that it keeps an investor's overall risk within their specific risk profile. And it also forces selling stocks when they are relatively high. So sell high, buy low. That's Mm -hmm. what we want to do. And if market conditions are such that stocks decline, then rebalancing works in the other direction, where we move money from safe investments to riskier stocks, Again, keeping the the portfolio risk consistent with the the risk profile, but also forcing us to buy stocks when they're at relative lows. So, you know, rebalancing, it's a good thing. Is this something we need to do often? So there are a few hazards with rebalancing too often. You're right, it's a very good thing. Um, But one of the hazards of of too much rebalancing is that um, there are adverse tax consequences if it's a taxable account. Mm -hmm. Selling investments after they've appreciated can can generate taxable gain and, and short-term taxable gain, which is you know, the, the, the worst type of capital gain. Mm-hmm. Um, another is this concept of momentum, and that is a stock that has performed well has the tendency to continue to perform well. Um, rebalancing risks selling these stocks prematurely and shedding this momentum. Mm-hmm. And a third hazard, of course, is transaction costs. Anytime you buy and sell, a lot of investors will have transaction costs, 
and keeping expenses low is certainly a component of long-term success. So mm -hmm. rebalancing is a good thing, but as we know, too much of a good thing can actually be a yeah. bad thing. Uh, if we want to find out more, how do we get in touch with you guys? Sure. Uh, give us a call at Holder Wealth Management. Our phone number is 398-4015, and we'd be happy to talk. Chance Holder, thanks for coming in today. Thanks, Jim.